Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to study your word today. I believe, Father God, that your word will fall on good ground, that we are partners together in faith with with mutual expectation and anticipation, Father God, of what you're about to speak to our hearts. I thank you, Father, for your word today. I believe it, it comes across with clarity, with accuracy. I believe it today, it comes across with strength and boldness, Father God, for this truth to become a reality in our lives. Thank you for changing us and rearranging us during this season for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was sharing with you this last week, uh, that some of the lessons being learned during this COVID season, one particular lesson that I've really learned during this COVID season is that there are those who are willing to pay the price to grow and those that are not. It's a very clear delineation between those that are pressing in and those who are kind of drifting aside or are not quite as on top of their personal growth as they should be. And as I was meditating on this clear delineation, these three words rose up in my heart. Price over comfort. Price over comfort. So again, I want to unpack this in part two today in price over comfort. I want you to know and understand the importance of these three words and how valuable they are. Because in order for you to grow, in order for you to be at God's best, in order for you to reach the potential and the the blessing that your life is supposed to be, it will require price over comfort. You know, I've learned that there's a definite price for living in the last of the last days. I believe it's vitally important that we understand end time signs and we understand the prophetic um, prophecy and biblical prophecy of what's taking place during this season. We need to know and understand. I've learned over the years that this message, this end time message, biblical prophecy is not meant to be doom and gloom, but it's meant to be a message of overcoming victory. I want to read quite a few verses today in Matthew chapter 24. I want to draw some very important truths to help you today out of this important chapter. Chapter uh, 24 of the Gospel of Matthew. Let's start with verse 1. It says, Jesus departed from the temple and was leaving when his disciples came to show him the temple buildings. Jesus answered them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and and epidemics and earthquakes and various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, and many false prophets will rise and will deceive many, because iniquity will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. 
but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And then the end will come. You know, every time I read these verses, I, I allow my imagination uh, to, to drift a little bit, to put myself in that story. And as I read this story, you know, I see uh, the disciples along with Jesus uh, visiting the temple that Herod built. And this whole beginning of these scriptures is basically the disciples taking Jesus on this grand tour of this magnificent temple. They're wanting Jesus to be impressed. They're wanting Jesus to see how this temple was greater than Solomon's temple. And so they're taking him around looking at the various parts of this mammoth temple. Then I picture Jesus bringing to their attention the massive stones um, that this temple was built upon. You know, I had the privilege some years ago to visit the ruins of this temple. And let me tell you, the stones that this temple was built upon were massive. I mean, just much bigger than even our stage. If you can imagine the size of a stage, the height and depth, the, the massive nature of these stones. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said to them, Do you see these stones made by man? Well, not one of these stones will be on top of each other. Everything will be destroyed and toppled. And he began to explain to them the destruction of this temple. Well, it wasn't too much later that the disciples being really moved and challenged by the words of Jesus found him on the Mount of Olives and then began to ask him and pressed him what would be next in this whole season that Jesus was talking about. They had two pressing questions that they wanted to ask Jesus. Number one, when will this happen? And this is obviously referring to when will the temple be destroyed? And number two, what will be the signs of your coming and the end of the age? You know, Jesus had this uncanny ability that even though someone would ask him a certain question, he knew how to give an answer of what they really needed to hear, not necessarily what they wanted to hear. And so this is no different. In this particular moment, in this particular time, Jesus knew that his disciples were consumed with what we would be consumed with during these amazing days that we're living in. Consumed with like what would be the latest prophetic signs and what about the mark of the beast and, and what about you know, the Antichrist and who is this Antichrist and what, what, when is the time, what time, how many days, how many years do we have left before your return? See, his disciples were concerned and no doubt we have the same kind of concern. So in the midst of their questions and concerns, Jesus shifts gears and refocuses their attention. I know what you want to hear, but here's what you need to hear. And when you hear this, focus on this when you see these signs beginning to happen. So I have seen in the midst of your questions, in the midst of your concerns, here are five priorities that Jesus tells us that we need to focus on since we are the generation that's going to welcome back the return of the Lord. When you start to see these prophetic signs happening, 
all around you, our number one priority must be found in Matthew 24, verse 4, says, Jesus answered them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. We want the details of what and when. But Jesus said to them, you need to heed you. You need to look at you. You don't need to be looking all around out here to all these consuming signs that are around us. The important thing about living in these last days is not only what's happening around you, but what's happening inside you. Again, Jesus is wanting to deal with the inside of our hearts. How many times has he done this? How many times has he dealt with our character? Last week we talked about Jeremiah's character. Not, not all the, the stuff that was happening around him, but back to the inside. So again, here in these last days, Jesus wants you to understand, yes, what's happening around you, but don't be consumed with what's around you. Be focused on what is in you. Let's define take heed. Take heed means to listen to, take inventory of, pay attention to, look around, and be alert. Now, this is an important word that Jesus says, take heed to yourself, right? Take heed to yourself. So I, I want to encourage you to take inventory of yourself. Pay attention, be alert to where you are, the condition of your heart. So you ask yourself, how is my relationship with Jesus? Where is my passion for God? Am I living a personal holiness and personal holiness? And do I have clean hands and a pure heart? Am I the same way in front of my unchurched friends that I, are, that I am in front of my unchurched friends? See, in the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of this pandemic, you should be asking yourself, and I want to ask you, are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you falling in love with Jesus more and more? Are you living a God-first life? Are you loving others? Are you quick to repent and forgive others? Are you staying connected to strong, stable believers? Are you reaching out and sharing your faith with those who are far from God? See, according to Jesus, your number one priority when everything around you is exploding is not to focus on what's happening around you, but again, what's happening on the inside of you. Take inventory of your heart. Is it tender? Is it open? Is it willing? Is it, is it joyful? Uh, are, are you open to God? Are you, are you becoming more open to other things besides God? Has God slipped down from the number one position to a second or third or lower position? See, Jesus told his disciples, Again, in verse 4, he said, Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. That word deceive means to wander off. Isn't that interesting? To wander off. It's a picture of a person who is in a slow process of departing from established biblical doctrine and values that they once firmly believed in. So take heed to yourself. Take inventory of the condition of your heart today. I can't stress it enough. That's our number one priority. When you see the signs around you, when you see prophetic prophecy, biblical prophecy taking place, 
When you see the craziness around you, the temptation is to take heed, pay attention to everything around you. I know it's hard not to, but we must, as strong believers who are willing to pay the price over comfort, we must take heed to ourselves. Right. Then Jesus says something so encouraging in Matthew 24, verse 6. He says this, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. And that's our priority number two. Do not be troubled. There it is. Do not be troubled. Man, that's so important that when everything around us is troubling us, here Jesus is telling us not to be troubled. The word troubled comes from the word agitation indicating an inward fight that results from shocking events that are happening all around us. This agitation is not because of a one-time event. No, it's, it's an inward anxiety resulting from outward events that keep occurring again and again. How many times have we been watching the news and we said, again? Again this happens? Again we haven't learned our lesson? Again we're going through this again? Again, this took place and this life was lost and, and, and this situation took place and this political situation, I mean, right on and on it goes. It is as if Jesus prophesies that there will be no pause between these shocking, debilitating, and nerve-wracking events. In fact, one scholar translates the word troubled as being jumpy or nervous. <laughs> Does that apply to us today or what? So Jesus is telling us, don't be agitated. Don't get caught up in the inward fight of anxiety and fear. All these events must come to pass. And I, it's like he's saying, relax, don't panic. The end has not come yet. The modern English language, well, before I, I use that verse, John 14, 27, I think is so powerful that we read this right now. Uh, John 14, 27 says, I have the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your minds. Instead, be courageous. Instead, be courageous. And I love the, the modern version, the English version of that. It says this, it says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That let there is so important because that's, a, that's an indication of what we allow. Don't allow yourself. Don't allow it and refuse to go there. We don't have to live in a constant state of agitation. No, I know that many of us are. And I know the temptation is there. But he's giving us some very clear instructions because this inward battle can escalate our troubled state to a higher level of anxiety. And that's why it's so important that we listen to the words of Jesus and we allow them to sink deep into our heart and refuse to be troubled, anxious, and fearful. Jesus wouldn't tell you to do something that you were not able to do. I know that. I've had conversations with people and are saying, how do we not be troubled? Well, Jesus helps us here. He declares it. And because he does, that means we can make the choice as we stand on God's word, as we read God's word, as we take the time to be with Jesus, right? There's something that happens that you, you, you can know that you are well able to make the right choice. 
We are people of faith. Listen very carefully. We are people of faith and we know the end of the story before it even begins. Oh, I love that. We must keep our eyes on the Lord and our minds on the word because we have a faith that overcomes the world. Yes, we do. We have a faith that overcomes the world. And after Jesus describes some of these end time events to his disciples, he makes this very sobering prediction. Matthew 24 verse 12 says, Because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. Iniquity is translated lawlessness. Many of your translations and Bibles that you read would say lawlessness. So iniquity or lawlessness. And here's what Rick Renner, a well-known Greek scholar, says about this word lawlessness. Listen very carefully. He says, in this verse, lawlessness refers to the actions of an individual, a group of people, a nation, or even an entire society or culture that has chosen to live apart from God's laws and principles. Although this person or group previously followed biblical principles in general, they elected to forge their own way of doing things that are not found on God's word. Thus, they became lawless, living by newly evolving principles that are not based on established truths that are so vividly portrayed in scriptures. That's such a good, good thing to say today because it's such an accurate description, isn't it, of, of what's happening around us in the day that we're living in. There's no doubt what's happening in our nation and around the world. See, the word iniquity is an interesting word. The word iniquity means the known violation of established biblical principles. The known violation of established biblical principles. In other words, Christians will grow so cold, they will know what is right to do, but they will choose, right, to sin instead. And that's the challenge, and that's what's happening in abundance around us today, right? The Bible says this known violation, this willful violation, established um, a biblical values that are are God's people are not involved with in the way that they should because it says in the last days that it will what? Abound this action, this willful disregard of biblical values and doctrines. And the word abound means, it means to be plentiful, abundant, too numerous to count. So we think about the opportunities this is talking about, how easy it's going to be to sin, how overwhelming um, the opportunities and the temptations that lie before us. It's telling us that this is such a clear picture of someone who first gave their lives to Christ, and when they did, they had such strong convictions, clearly established boundaries, and they lived a separated life. But now over a process of time, complacency and compromise begins to set into their hearts. And this heart that was once on fire for God has now become cold. And one translation says wax cold, meaning it's a slow process. This doesn't happen overnight. And it's a slow process of what? Putting their soul to sleep. This unfortunately is happening all around us at an alarming rate, no doubt. And so in the midst of all this iniquity, in the midst of all this lawlessness, 
in the midst of this, Jesus gives us our third priority in Matthew 24, 13. He says this, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. This is such an important statement today because our priority number three is what? Endure. 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 So important that we learn to endure during these days that we're living in. So many people just give up so quickly. So many people just run. So many people just let go of their commitments and let go of their vows and let go of, of their, their belief in God and their strength in His Word and, and their focus on living a godly, holy life. See, this word endure is an important word. It means, it means to never quit, never surrender, and never give up. Don't you love that? Man, that's you, IFC. That's me, IFC. Say it together with me. To never quit, never surrender, and never give up. Say it again. Never quit, never surrender, never give up. It's like a, a mantra that, that we can say and declare that we're never going to quit. We're not going to surrender, right? And, and we're not going to give up. That's not who we are. It's an attitude that declares... I don't care how heavy this load gets or how much pressure I'm under. I'm not budging an inch. By God's grace, I will stand the test of time. I will run my race and I will finish my course. To endure means to finish strong. See, in these last days, we don't need people that start good and, and, and come out of the gates, you know, uh, on fire and, and so strong and man saying all the right words. No, in this last days, in the end time days, we need the spirit of a finisher, a spirit of finishers. And that's who we are, IFC. That's who I am. That's who this team is. We are finishers, praise God. And I declare that over you today, that you are one who endures, who finishes, who doesn't quit, who doesn't let go, in the midst of all the plentiful ease of temptations that are all around us, we are going to take heed to ourselves. We're not going to be troubled and we're going to endure. And we're going to learn here because our fourth priority is so important. And it says here in Matthew 14, 24, 14, it says this, And this gospel of the kingdom, will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is so important today. This really is. And priority number four is the gospel must be preached. That word must is so important. It's an emphatic word. It's a word that is, means to, we're compelled to and we, we are under obligation to. And it's the very last sign that Jesus gave us concerning um, uh, his, right before his imminent return, was the preaching of the gospel all over the world. If you want to know how close we are to the coming of the Lord, we must look to the nations. That's right. Look to the nations. How well are we penetrating and reaching them with the gospel tells us how close we are to the end. When the whole world um, has had a witness of the gospel, the Bible says, then the end will come. Oh, we're making great advances, no doubt, but we've definitely got more work 
to do. This is one of the main reasons why we as a church want to prosper. Of course we want to prosper. Why? Because we want to support our missionaries. We want to support those ministries that are on the front lines, sharing the gospel and touching the world in places that we would never be able to go to. That's why we prosper. That's why we give. Because of this mandate that we must preach the gospel. We must support those who are preaching the gospel. We, like thousands of other churches, gospel churches like us, have been online doing what? Preaching the gospel around the world. Every week we get a note from somebody in a different part of the world that's being impacted by the ministry here at IFC. So we're grateful for this privilege and we are committed to this privilege and this responsibility and obligation to keep preaching the world, the, the world, the word of God, keep preaching the word to the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Our fifth and final priority is found in Luke chapter 21. It says this in verse 25. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with the power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up. For your salvation is near. Stand and look up, for your salvation is at hand. So, priority number five is simply look up. Look up. Now, why is this so important? It's so important because Jesus is instructing us here that this last end time church, we international family church, who, are, who have the privilege of living and doing ministry and life and blessing our world in the last of the last days, our posture as a church must be of one that is looking up. One that is looking up. The posture of the end time church is, is not supposed to be downcast and acting all beat up and defeated and poor and broken and, and hiding behind closed doors full of fear. No, we're, it's not one of doom and gloom. It's one of overcoming victory. Amen. Let's be the church that stands up, right? The church that stands up, the church that looks up, the church that lifts up their head, and the church that is expecting and anticipating the soon return of the Lord, the church that seizes every and all opportunities to go after the harvest that is ripe and ready. Stand up and look up for why? Your redemption draws near. Your redemption draws near. That's so important. The redemption of your family draws near. The redemption of your, your marriage, your children that are far from God, the redemption of, of you from debt and from um, your, your health and, and those people you're believing God for, that, that you've been standing and believing that God would meet their every single need. When everything gets crazy, when everything is all around us, we need to look up. Why? Because it's time for redemption. It's time for salvation. It's time for breakthrough. It's time for God to move by His Spirit. It's not time to, to be putting our head down and, and being all overwhelmed and discouraged. No, 
God wants to take you, listen, from a posture of looking down in despair and uncertainty and looking up with the expectation of the divine intervention of God. That's right. That's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. I know what you want to hear, but it's time that you listen to what you need to hear. I don't know what your crises is that you're going through today. I don't know all the crises that still wait for us here in this fall season. But what I do know is that what Jesus has already told us, he told us to what? To take heed to yourself. He said, take inventory. Pay attention to the condition of your heart. Is your commitment to God and his word where it needs to be today? If, if not, acknowledge that. Repent and get your heart right with God. He said, he told us to not be troubled. Remember, we're people of faith. We're people that, that know the end of the story before it even begins. And we're to keep our eyes on the Lord and our mind on the word because we are more than conquerors. He told us to endure we will never quit, never surrender, never give up. We are not of those who draw back. We are one of those who finish. He told us to what? To preach the gospel. The gospel must be preached, right? And we know that we're committed to stand firm and stand up and, and make a difference and preach the gospel and make our stand from the neighborhoods to the nations. And finally, he told us to what? Look up. Look up what great counsel he gives us to look up as our priority. We are the church that stands up and looks up and lifts up our head. Why? Because we are anticipating the soon return of the Lord and, and this mighty opportunity for God's presence to be poured out to a people far from God. The church that believes and lives like Jesus is coming back soon. Aren't you glad today that while we are paying the price over comfort, that we are understanding today that God is helping us through these seasons that are explosive and oftentimes overwhelming and debilitating and causing us to be jumpy and nervous and agitated, right? So much going on. But Jesus knows how to focus us, church. And I pray that you'll hear this today and stay focused in the midst of these end time events to know that when we take care of ourselves, when we look to the inside and we take heed to our heart, it changes everything about the possibilities of what God can do around us, right? Take inventory of what's in you and not be moved by what's around you. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this word today. Thank you this word focuses us. And that's the, that's the point, that we see our priorities, that we are focused on what matters to you. And what you see is the fuel we need to, to enjoy and to grow and to blossom and to be all that we need to be, the gifts we need to be during these last end times. So, Father, we don't take lightly these last days. But, Father, we thank you that you are focusing us on your way and your plan and on your purpose. And we thank you, Father God, that we are at peace, that we refuse to be troubled, that we are not of those that draw back. We will not quit and let go. And we will preach the gospel and we will keep looking up for we know our redemption draws near. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. I want to make sure today that Jesus lives in your heart. Man, this message all the more points to us the, the, the importance of knowing Jesus, how he focuses us during these explosive times. And so I want to make sure Jesus lives in your heart. And if you've drifted away, as you take heed to yourself, come back to the Father's house today. Come back to what matters and the biblical principles that will keep you strong in the Lord. Pray this prayer with me, please. Father, in Jesus' name, I need you. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me from my sins. I receive salvation, eternal life. Thank you for changing me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for staying connected with us. Thank you for responding and thank you for being a part of all that God is doing. Our best days are right ahead of us. God bless you.